Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Or free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. It's Friday, Golden Eagle fans, and it's the Eagle Hour. Thanks for tuning in with us on this Friday, beautiful day in South Mississippi. Luke Johnson from the First Bank Studio in beautiful downtown Laurel. 81 degrees, breezy Friday, great weekend. No baseball on the docket for Southern Miss. Uh, but it's a weekend maybe for uh, for you to get out and, of course, uh, enjoy God's creation and everything going on with that. But we're happy to uh, to have you on the Eagle Hour today. Got a great show for you. A little later in the show, Trey Sutton of the uh, West Jones Mustangs, guiding his Mustangs in the South State Championship Series against Pascagoula. Of course, Trey, one of the greatest hitters to ever play for Southern Miss. He'll be joining us and talking a little Corky Palmer, talking a little uh, – Mississippi High School State Playoffs and Conference USA Tournament coming up. Kelly Sander will be on the show a little later. Also, Bob Al today getting that early weekend in, but he'll be back Monday. Happy to have you along. And uh, first segment brought to you every day by Dickie's Barbecue, located in a community near you. Dickie's cooked here, smoked everywhere. Conference USA Tournament, regional tournaments coming up. Get Dickie's to cater your watch party. And uh, we always appreciate their Support Michael Morgan's producing for us down at the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg. Happy to have on the show today, making his Eagle Hour debut all season long. Uh, we've been talking about uh, one of our Southern Miss fans on Twitter, college baseball liker. His name's Patrick McGee, not the Patrick McGee that comes on uh, from the Bluxy Sun-Herald, our good friend that's been on with us since the show started. But Patrick McGee, a recent graduate of Southern Miss, I have used his analytics, his RPIs, absolutely uh, amazing takes that he has uh, to kind of explain the movings up and down the RPI. And we just wanted to have him on the show today, rolling into a Conference USA week. And then a week from Monday, Eagles will find out where they will go. So we welcome the analytics guru, Patrick McGee, to the Eagle Hour. How you doing, buddy? Doing all right. It's a great honor to be on. You know, I've been listening for two, two and a half years now. And uh, high praise that you just gave me. So hopefully I can live up to it. Well, man, uh, what always intrigued me, and I really didn't find your uh, your your Twitter profile until probably the the beginning of baseball season, and just started following you simply because. Uh, you just started cranking out analytics, and you have a, a great understanding of how RPI works and, and able to explain it to somebody like me in layman's terms. But what I really appreciated was you helped the Southern Miss fan base going into every weekend understand how if we split a series, if we win three games, we win four games, kind of how the metrics would work, and, and you were basically spot on throughout. And and I guess, you know, for the average baseball listener out there, they hear us throw out, you know, this term RPI. They hear us talk about it all the time. They've heard me talk about how RPI is more important than rankings. Can I help our listeners understand just real basic concept why that's so important? Sure. Well, you know, the RPI has three main components. It has, first of all, 25% of the RPI is you, your own uh, winning percentage. And the way they calculate that is kind of interesting way. So if you win on the road, you get 1.3 points. Uh, neutral site win counts as one. 
and then if you win at home, it's point seven, and then the reverse of that for away games. So uh, basically, home wins are devalued, road wins are valued more, and then home wins or home losses are valued more, and road wins or road losses rather are uh, valued less. So you know you beat a really good team on the road, like a Louisiana Tech, that helps your RPI. And then you have 50% of the formula is your opponent's winning percentage, and that's pretty straightforward. It's just the winning percentage of all your opponents that you played, uh, you know, add it up and then divide it. And then the last component would be um, the winning percentage of your opponent's opponent. So, you know, let's take Louisiana Tech. You take all of their opponents, and that's 25, and you add up all of your opponent's opponents, and that's, you know, 25%. So it's kind of complicated, kind of simple, but uh, that's kind of the three main components. Uh, your winning percentage, your opponent's winning percentage, and then your opponent's opponent's winning percentage. So who you beat, who you lose to, who they beat, who they lose to, as well as where you win and where you lose. And that's why that makes sense. So a home loss to Western Kentucky hurts us worse than a, a road loss to Rice, and we saw that in the RPI standings. Right. Well, you know, that, like that Louisiana Tech series I was bringing up, you know, we go there and we split four, uh, four games. You know, we go up six spots, you know, but you come home and you play Middle Tennessee and you – sweep them and you drop a couple spots so you know winning on the road against really good teams uh that helps you in the rpi whereas you know beating kind of mediocre teams uh, uh don't really help you much especially if it's at home which which rpi metric do you follow i got d1 baseball warren nolan pulled up some people use others others i kind of use warren nolan i like nolan too just because it's live you know d1 usually doesn't update until uh the, usually the day after the morning after um, so I like having Nolan, you know, you can see a game end in real time. And then, you know, five seconds later, I'll have the RPI up. So uh, I like yeah. Nolan just because you don't have to wait till the next day to uh, see where he stands. Old Dominion at 16, Charlotte at 22, Southern Miss at 28. Tech loses last night's Old Dominion. They they drop down to 32. Patrick, one of the things you also do throughout the week, you kind of bring up in the since the host sites have been announced, where kind of Hattiesburg fits in that. I think a few days ago you kind of had – Hattiesburg maybe is the 18th or 19th. What what do the Eagles have to do to get back in the top 16 this coming week in the conference tournament? Yeah, well, I think when you look at the host sites, I think you kind of have 13 or 14 locked down, depending on where you see Stanford. And I think you have, uh, you know, Pittsburgh. They were one of the 20 host sites. They've call, kind of fallen out. So you really have five teams, I think, that are fighting for the last two host spots. And I think, you know, USM would obviously be in there along with Charlotte, Louisiana Tech, and Zag at Pittsburgh, or not, uh, uh, South Carolina, rather. Um, and I think, you know, if you think one of those CUSA teams is going to get a host side, I think you got to think if USM wins the conference tournament, I think that would put them in a pretty good position to get a possible host site. Now that would be dependent on what Gonzaga does in the next two weeks, you know, Gonzaga. Uh, play San Francisco this weekend, and then uh, next week they play San Diego, who's actually the second-place team in their conference. They don't have a conference tournament. Uh, and then South Carolina, they lost last night to, um, to Tennessee, and uh, they have two more games left. So you kind of want to root against Gonzaga and South Carolina if you're a USM fan in terms of uh, winning a host spot and then you know winning the conference tournament next week. If you know USM wins the conference tournament and Gonzaga and South Carolina fall off, I think that would uh, put the Eagles in a good position. 
Yeah, and it just helps for, for people to understand that there's so much that goes into this. So the teams that the Eagles will never play have have a tremendous role in where they're going to end up. All right, um, so you know, looking forward to next week, Eagles play Western Kentucky, and they will probably have to play Louisiana Tech. To win it, you're probably going to have to play Old Dominion or, or Charlotte. Uh, if if that doesn't happen and the Eagles uh, don't you know l- l- get a host site, where, it looks like it's going to be Starkville. Of course, a lot of us are wishing that they would maybe send us to Greenville. Where do you think if Southern Miss doesn't host that they'll end up? Well, you know, the NCAA has a thing. It's like a 400-mile radius uh, within your town where they can still bus you. They, you know, outside of the 400-mile radius, I believe they have to fly you. So they try to keep you in that 400-mile radius, if at all possible, just to save travel costs. And, you know, that's a big thing this year, obviously. And, uh, you know, if USM doesn't host, um, you know, Ruston wouldn't be an option because they're another conference USA school. But Starkville and Oxford would really kind of be the only uh, sites within that 400-mile radius uh, that would be an option. So, I mean, those would be the top two. But then you kind of look at uh, Knoxville could be a possible option, Gainesville, uh, you know, maybe even Austin or uh, Fort Worth. But, um you know, Starkville and Oxford, I think, uh, would be the most likely uh, out of the uh, 16. Analytics-wise, where do you want to go of those two, Starkville or Oxford? Uh, I think Oxford, just because, you know, Ole Miss has had a couple of injuries. You know, Tim Elk goes out, for, or, you know, he's kind of pinch hitting, but he's, he's basically out. Uh, he's their best hitter. Uh, they lost uh, Gunnar Hogland. He's their best, or maybe their best pitcher, him or Nikhazy. Uh So they really only have kind of one dominant starter, uh, the bullpen is a little, uh, little thin uh, for a host site. Um, you know, they got one pretty good closer, but not, you know, not a ton of depth like you see uh, from a lot of these top eight to top 16 sheets. So I think you'd rather Oxford over Starkville, uh, but that's not to say either would be easy. Both would be hard. Just I think out of those two, you'd go with Ole Miss. So Louisiana Tech and Charlotte a few weeks ago uh, were kind of sitting high cotton, and then uh, Charlotte loses uh, two at Rice, and then and or I'm sorry, yeah, two at Rice, and then they drop last night to to Wilmington, who's a 64 RPI team. Uh, I mean, Charlotte, uh, I'm sorry, Tech lost to, to Old Dominion. I mean, are we now looking at just a one conference USA host site? I think it's very possible. Um, you know, I think Tech. Uh, they can kind of get back into it. There's only a two-game series, I believe. I think it's just last night and then tonight. Um, yep. So if, if Tech wins, I believe they will get up into around mid-20s, uh, high-20s possibly with a win just because all those teams in the uh, high-20s and 30s are kind of bunched up together where you can kind of drop and fall to really high uh, depending on just one win or one loss. So I think if Tech wins, they'll kind of put themselves back in position to possibly get a host side. I think Charlotte kind of needs to win these next two. I don't think you really want to lose. I mean, like you said, Wilmington's not a bad team, but I don't think that's a series you want to uh, drop with the selections being made in just a couple weeks. Ladies and gentlemen, this guy graduated from the University of Southern Mississippi in 2020. He's a youngin' and he knows his stuff. Patrick McGee, analytics guru, thanks for joining us on the Eagle Hour today. Follow him. Tell us. It's WP McGee, right, on Twitter, College Baseball. WPMC McGee. There we go. Hey, Patrick, have a great weekend, man. We appreciate your time. All right, thanks for having me on, Luke. It's Patrick McGee, analytics. Great stuff. Go follow him on Twitter. You'll learn something. We'll take a break. Kelly Center on the Eagle Hour right after this.
Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Great having college baseball liker WPM McGee. Patrick McGee. Not the Bloxy Sun Herald, but a new voice on the Eagle Hour. Enjoyed that conversation. I'll tell you what. You say it's all about a bat and a ball and a glove. It is, but it's all about analytics, too. And uh, just some of the things that he he brought up we'll unpack later in, in this segment. We're happy to have him along. Congratulations, a recent graduate of the University of Southern Mississippi. Appreciate Patrick's time on the Eagle Hour today. Second segment brought to you by Campus Bookmark, located on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg or online where you can shop 24-7, campusbookmark.com. Net. Luke Johnson from the First Bank Studios in downtown Laurel. Michael Mergens in Hattiesburg at the First Bank Studio. Kelly Santer joins us now on the phone on the road. Kelly, you're uh, you're passing the uh, the metropolis of Lumberton, headed south on Interstate 59. But it's a traveling weekend for you, I heard. One of the championship games uh, today down in, in Poplarville. Of course, Pearl River was beaten in the Region 23 tournament yesterday by LSU Eunice. So only two teams are left, LSU Eunice and East Central out of Decatur, and the Warriors would have to beat the Bengals twice in order to go on to the uh, Junior College World Series. But to follow up on what you were talking about with uh, analytics, you talked that with Patrick and you talked with uh, John Carter uh, yesterday, I think, about uh, analytics and so on. Pearl River came down here to this tournament, and they've got a switch-hitting catcher named Graham Crawford out of Summerall High School who has uh, had just a tremendous year at the plate. And, again, a switch-hitter, but but definitely hits with more power from the left side. Okay, so to show you how LSU Eunice was using analytics, every single time LSU played uh, Pearl River and when Graham Crawford came to the plate, didn't matter what the pitcher before had done, and many times the right-handed pitchers before had done well. But they were not going to let Graham Crawford see a right-handed hitter. And every single time he came up, they made a switch, brought in a left-handed hitter. Crawford turned around, who's still a good hitter, but he doesn't hit with the power from the right side as much as he does the left side. And they were able to really neutralize Graham Crawford by making him hit right-handed against left-handed pitchers. And another note, Vaughn Siebert, the uh, the big heavy-hitting first baseman that Pearl River has, LSU Eunice actually developed a shift, a shift in junior college baseball to where all but one of the infielders were over on that right side of the infield, and they were able to neutralize you know, Vaughn Siebert and take his big bat uh, out of the lineup. And both times, LSU Eunice beat Pearl River. So it, it, that could be coincidence, right? It could be coincidence. But LSU Eunice, looking at the data, looking at the statistics, the numbers don't lie, and and they used it, you know, to their advantage um, in in both of those situations. So I think it's I think it's part why base, baseball averages are down at the plate. You know, the major league batting average now is down to about two thirty four, and all time low, about twenty five percent of every at bat ends in a strikeout. So uh, the game is changing for sure. Yeah, it's just really interesting. Unfortunate for uh, for Pearl River to, to end it like that, as they've had an outstanding year. But going back to uh, to what Patrick told us in in the first segment, 
you know, uh, kind of views Southern Miss in the uh, the 19, 18 or 19 spot among the 20, but still thinks the Eagles have a chance to, get, to go to Russin, and it's simply because last night, Kelly, Charlotte gets beat. They've lost their last three out of four games. Tech gets beat by Old Dominion. Old Dominion right now the highest RPI team in Conference USA at 16. Did not submit a bid, so did not get into the final 20 sites. And so who knows what might happen. The problem is last night when Tech gets beat, guess what? Southern Miss RPI drops. So Patrick, you know, telling us who to cheer for, telling us to cheer for uh, teams across the nation that the Eagles aren't even related to. But, you know, Eagles will slide up a little bit if the right teams get beat. It is going to come down to the last pitch of the last weekend. And you hope that that, uh, that there's no tomfoolery, you know, behind closed doors or anything that, that moves people to where they shouldn't go. I'll be interested to see, though, how many Conference USA teams actually get uh, host sites. Because, I, you know, it looked like there for a while that potentially three out of the four could. I'm not so sure now. And and Patrick made note that, that uh, you know, Rustin and – Hattiesburg and Charlotte all, all might be in those first teams out, so to speak. Um, so we'll see. And a lot of it's going to depend because they're so geographic. Ruston and Hattiesburg are so close together. I, you know, I think that that gives a shot, a better shot for Charlotte, especially now that the NCAA is going to go with uh, with higher attendance, you know, 100% capacity and that sort of thing. So, um, and and things are running later this year too. I mean, it used to be. You know, this coming, I think, isn't everything running kind of a week behind where it normally does? Don't teams normally find out this coming weekend where they're going to go? And then uh, it's, this it's, weekend? It's after championship. No, it's after championship week. Okay. It's just because championship week stretches into uh, a very late Memorial Day weekend. So that's why you feel like you're at the end of May and you still don't know where you're going because you're literally finding out the next to last day of May where you're headed. Yeah, that's that's right. The conference tournaments are, are the last uh, weekend. So, but but I don't think I don't think you can be sitting any prettier than Southern Miss is right now as far as the health and uh, you know the the pitchers have all stayed healthy and look regardless of where they end up this year to me that's the biggest story to have your your pitching staff pretty much all intact and healthy and that that is against the odds for sure. And, and I think a, I think another aspect to it is, what if we would have told people going into this year that Gabe Shepard would throw like two innings the entire year, and Southern Miss would be a three seed with a possible host site out of 19 other teams in the country, and Gabe Shepard doesn't pitch, uh, Gabe, pitch, Gabe Shepard pitches less than five innings all year. That That is, I think, Southern Miss fans have forgotten that also. If he would have been in this arsenal, how crazy would have the uh, the pitching staff been even more than what they've been? And that just shows you that, that the expenditure that the Eagles have made in pitching when it comes to scholarships, they, they've spent a lot of money, so to speak, on pitching, and and it's paying dividends. You know, and I'm sure you know you have a lot of fans out there saying, "Well, we need to go get some hitters." Well, that's all well and good, but I mean, if you rob Peter, you're going to have to you know pay Paul. So um, one way or the other, but the pitching staff has performed really well, and I think to your question, a lot of people would have said you got to be crazy, but that just shows you that how deep the pitching staff is, and when it's healthy, it's you know, extremely effective, and I think that's their their biggest weapon. And it always is at any level. If you've got pitching, you have a chance to win. You don't have to be a great hitting team if you have a great, you know, pitching team. People might not be as entertained with you know three to one wins or two to one wins, but hey, when it comes this time of year, you'll take them any way you can get them. 
I think probably the best scenario for for uh, I think you're you're right on this. Here's the problem: Ole Miss uh, won again last night, and here's here's the pinch that the NCAA is going to be in, and you and I both know where this goes. Southern Miss has to win the Conference USA Tournament, and hopefully they can eliminate Louisiana Tech along the way, or at least get one win over them. And then if you if Tech gets knocked out or Southern Miss eliminates that way, and then they beat Charlotte, then you would think Southern Miss would be deserving of a host site. But they're not going to give three sites to the state of Mississippi. Hattiesburg and Ruston aren't going to have a site, so it's like almost it's all or nothing. Ole Miss can't have a regional. It just seems like the Eagles are going to get boxed out the only way that they could really get a, a host side is if Charlotte or Louisiana Tech don't get one, and that would be Southern Miss winning, and then you would have to force the NCAA's hand, and I think we all know where that goes, Kelly. I, I agree with you, and again, I, I a lot of you guys think that, that Tech is more of a slam dunk. I think Charlotte is as far as you know, getting, getting a regional just because of the season they've had and the media market, etc., so there could so you know to your point there could be that that Charlotte gets uh, the regional bid by making it to the Conference USA tournament final even if they were to lose to Southern Miss and Southern Miss be boxed out simply because Oxford gets a regional I don't I would hope that even if Tech or Southern Miss or Charlotte advance you would think or to the final you would think that one of them has the host but if it comes down to one school then to your point I think it's got to be Charlotte but, but there's that emotional attachment that people have with La Tech because of just all the, the multitude of, of things that that poor school has gone through with the storms and having to rebuild the love shack and all, all that over there. So there's that factor, too. And, and you can't ever downplay the fact that there is human emotion involved in some of these decisions. So I'm, I'm really pulling. If, if Southern Miss can't have a regional, I'm pulling really for Tech to get one over Charlotte, just because of what uh, that community has been through uh, the past two or three years. Patrick mentioned uh, the the fact that he would rather go to Oxford, and, and I'm in agreement with that simply because – and you don't know if Mike Bianco would, would – uh, you, you think he would throw in a Casey in game one, and then if you were the two seed there, you wouldn't see their best pitcher game two, and you, you got a better chance you can throw Walker Powell in that game. Anyway, um, Kelly, we'll, uh, we'll let you keep driving down the interstate. We'll touch base with you in segment four, and you can tell us about your next trip in, in that segment. Sound good? It sounds good. Yeah, I'm definitely on the road for a while here now, so it should be fun. (laughs) We'll step aside. Trey Sutton from the West Jones Mustangs will join us. Got a big win last night in the South State Championship. Of course, Trey, one of the best hitters to ever come through Southern Miss. Coach Sutton joins us. Stick with us on the Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. 
Friday on the Eagle Hour continues with you, Luke Johnson, from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg. Michael Mergens, First Bank Studio in, uh, yeah, Michael's in Hattiesburg. I'm in Laurel. Bob's out today, so I apologize for that. Luke and Laurel, Michael in Hattiesburg, both are First Bank Studios. It's the Eagle Hour third segment brought to you by Four Street Bar and Grill every single day. Eight ninety five lunch, and they had shrimp. It's for a limited time. You better get out there. When they tell you they're going to serve shrimp, jump on it. So you can always go to Four Street Bar and Grill's Facebook page. They will lay out the weekly menu for you. And a great place to watch all of Southern Miss. Uh, check out the Conference USA Baseball Tournament next week. Four Street Bar and Grill, proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. Well, Conference USA Tournament, not the only thing going on coming up. Mississippi High School playoffs are going on right now. And the uh, the baseball coach for the West Jones Mustangs, former Southern Miss, a great Trey Sutton guiding his Mustangs. They defeated Pascagoula last night in game one of the South State Championship. And Trey joins us now. And, and Coach, uh, the West Jones football team had to play Pascagoula in the South State. We know how that finished. And uh, you're halfway through it right now. And it's an exciting uh, game last night out at Mustang Field. You guys won 9-1. to Yeah, it was. Uh, you know, they're, they got a good club, a lot of good athletes, guys that can swing it. And, uh it's going to be a challenge. Uh, like, like we told the kids last night, it's a long way from over. you got to win two games, and uh, not just one. So um, we're back at practice today trying to get better and and uh, get ready for Monday. It's kind of a weird weekend for you guys simply because uh, Pascagoula's got graduation tonight. West Jones has graduation tomorrow, and so you stretch this South State Championship game into next week, Monday and Tuesday. Kind of got to be difficult as a coach, a little antsy. You want to go ahead and, and finish a series? Yeah, it is. I think we were talking about it the other day as a staff. You know, it's the worst part of this time of year is just the wait. Um, you know, you get you get done with a series, and then you have to wait four or five days to play again, and uh, just the anxiety and, and wanting to get out on the field and and uh, play those games is is one of the worst things about this time of year. And so, typically, where we would have a you know Thursday, Friday, Saturday this week, um, you know, we're having to stretch it out a little bit more because of graduations uh, on both ends. So, it uh, it it throws a little wrinkle in in this week. And uh, but you know, it is what it is, and we'll handle it and uh, and look forward to playing Monday. You talk about uh, you know waiting, um, and we don't want to look forward, but it is a unique scheduling this year. Normally, the uh, the state championship games will be played next week at uh, Trustmark Park, uh, but because of a scheduling issue, you guys, if you were to make it to the state championship, that's on the following week. So actually, like NCAA regional week, and uh, I know coaches the the coaches from every level involved in that. People are going to have a hard time choosing where they're going to go. Come out of Conference USA week, and and uh, looks like you guys maybe can squeeze it in before the regional. There's going to be a lot of baseball played the next two weeks. Yeah, it is uh, a lot of exciting baseball, a lot of fun baseball. You know, you're getting into into conference tournament season uh, around the country at the D1 level, and those are always fun to follow and fun to watch. And then you follow that right up with. Uh, with regionals and and how exciting that is, and you know everybody, everybody loves the first day of March Madness. But for me, the best day of the year, college sports wise, is that you know that opening weekend of regionals where you got you know however many games you could want to watch. Um, 
of of college baseball on uh, on TV and on uh, you know ESPN three or ESPN plus. And, uh, so yeah, it's a it's a great time of year for uh, for some high quality amateur baseball out there. You're uh, when when you're able to come to the Pete, uh, see you a lot out in the roost, and of course uh, you love Southern Miss and, and it's where you played. Uh, just kind of get your take on it. We we talked some analytics in the first segment today. A uh, great breakdown by uh, by Patrick McGee and uh, on on Twitter, College Baseball Liker, and just talking RPI and, and all kinds of stuff. Where do you see the Eagles, or what do the Eagles need to do uh, next week in order to to maybe host side or or uh, you know lock up a, a two seed in a regional? Uh, I think a good week's needed. Uh, you know, I, I don't. I'm no part of a committee or anything, but I do. You know, being a former player, we, you know, we learned real quick that that RPI number was the important one, and uh, you know, they're up there in a good spot, and um, and with Charlotte and Watek and us all falling in those in the uh, in the final twenty uh, projected host sites. You know, I feel like if we go over there and and uh, Make a good showing, and and if we if we go over there and win the tournament, I feel like we got a shot to host. So that the regionals are fun, man. They uh, as a player, they were a lot of fun. They were a blast, and as a fan, you know, it didn't end the way we wanted it to a couple of years ago when we hosted it. But it's so fun, just the the atmosphere and um, and just the good baseball that that you get to sit back and watch all weekend, and and the excitement around the community and. And the country, the whole country, really. Talking to Trey Sutton, uh, head coach of West Jones uh, Mustang Baseball and a former Southern Miss baseball player himself. Trey in the top ten of eight of uh, career batting categories, one of the greatest hitters to ever come through. You know, Corky Palmer always said, you're the best hitter, uh, Trey. You're the most prone. He could have put a piece of tape down in the locker room. You'd have tripped over it and pulled a hammy. Uh, I'm still <laughs> dealing with a pulled hamstring. Uh, but, yeah, we, we talk about Corky Palmer, and uh, right now this GoFundMe is, is taken off, only been up two and a half days. Almost right at twelve thousand dollars raised for Corky Palmer. He's a special dude, and, and in what ways has he rubbed off on on you and your coaching style now that you've had so much success at the high school level? Well, I think you know it's you know numerous ways, and probably probably too many to count. Um, but he's just you know looking back. There were a lot of times as a player, especially early on, you like you know you, you don't really understand. <laughs> Uh, his methods or, or, you know, why he does things the way he does. Uh, you know, he's real tough on us. And, uh, and looking back, it was, it was such a blessing to have that because, um, you know, as a young player coming in, um, you know, I had coaches that were tough on me, um, growing up, but, uh, Coach Palmer was another level and he, he, he demanded the the most out of his players. He demanded excellence, and uh, you know, not just on the baseball field, but in the classroom and in the community, and um, just made such an impact on on me as a you know that's a that's a an important time for a for a young man that you know you're 18 to 22 years old, and there's a lot of shaping and molding that still is going on, and there's a uh, you know just like we tell our kids here, they're you know, through that period of time, you're developing habits that uh, and and patterns that are going to carry you and follow you the rest of your life. So um, it's it's of utmost importance to 
see, you know, develop, you know, characteristics like hard work and, and perseverance and, and just, you know, bearing down and getting getting a job done and and being an example, you know, on the field and in the classroom and the community and having um, high expectations for yourself and uh, and holding those around you accountable to to a level of excellence that uh, that you want. So Coach Palmer is, you know, he means a, a whole lot to a whole lot of people, and he's had a rough go of it here the last year, year and a half, and. Uh, you know, the GoFundMe thing is such a great idea, and there's so many people already involved with it. And, uh, you know, we just, I think more than anything, you know, we just miss seeing him around, and uh, especially out of the feed. And, you know, I'd go, he always sat over there, or he sits, you know, kind of up above the first base dugout a little bit, and it was always fun to go over there and just sit with him for a few minutes and and uh, talk baseball with him and, and just catch up. So uh, we just, you know, we're praying for him and, and thinking about him a lot and, and just hoping he gets back out just to, you know, he's just so fun to be around and uh, such a personality. And um, now he is different once you get him away from baseball. He's a little <laughs> he's a little uh, more laid back than uh, than he is as a coach at times. But, man, that's, that's a switch he could turn on and off and um, was just a joy to be around and, and be coached by. Trey, about a minute left. Uh, good project, pretty cool project going on at West Jones with West Jones Baseball right now. Let our listeners know about it. Yeah, we are turfing our our entire infield and foul territory, so we're we're very excited about it. We we have so much uh, support around the community up here, and and people you know coming out of the woodworks to make this thing work and. Uh, you know, one of the goals when, when I got here, you know, I wanted us as a program and as a staff and, and a team to, to you know, when people think high school baseball in Mississippi, we're one of the names that they think of. And uh, winning brings that some, um, but also having facilities and creating a, a uh, you know, an experience whenever people come here to play and, and for our players when they play and when they leave here, uh, our fans when they come watch, we want it to be, uh, you know, a top-notch uh, facility experience the whole nine yards. So uh, it'll be a huge advantage for us, a huge uh, benefit and uh, as far as, you know, making sure we don't lose practices and games and just so many yeah. benefits will help us and some other programs here on campus that we're really, really excited about. Trey Sutton, the head coach of West Jones Baseball. They defeated Pascagoula last night 9-1 to Monday night at Gula at 7 p.m. Tuesday at home if necessary. Trey, go get a South State Championship. Thanks for being on the Eagle Hour today. Thanks, guys. We'll wrap up Eagle Hour right after this. Don't go anywhere. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Final segment on this Friday brought to you by D-Bat and D-1 Training. Hardy Street. 
Hattiesburg, Mississippi, great cages, great workout facilities. It's all there at DBAT and D1 Training. Luke Johnson, Michael Mergens from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg, and Laurel, Kelly Sander joins us again. And Kelly, uh, talking to Trey Sutton last segment, and uh, Pascagoula came to, to Soso last night. Mustangs got the win. But uh, when Pascagoula would make a pitch and change, it was Southern Miss's own Hayden Roberts is the uh, pitching coach now for Pascagoula. He would uh, go out there to the mound. He, of course, played for the Golden Eagles in 16 and 17, was a a starter uh, on that 17 uh, regional team and and I had a great uh, career at Southern Miss and then went on for the Rockies for a little bit but man always cool with Mason Strickland now at South Jones Sutton at West Jones you you're starting to see uh, you know Scott Berry's players uh, make their impact in into other players in Mississippi high school baseball pretty cool and what what's especially neat about all that too Luke is that these guys could go into any variety of, of careers or professions right they're all pretty bright but so many of them choose to go into coaching to impact, you know, young men's lives, which is obviously you're not coaching high school baseball in Mississippi to make a whole bunch of money, but to impact lives. And what that says is that, you know, Coach Palmer, as he was talking about, and Coach Barry, Coach Denson, you know, all the coaches, even Pete Taylor going back in the day, had such a profound effect on, on these kids' lives that they want to, you know, they want to make another kid's life uh, better. And so many more and more, more and more young men are getting less and less exposure to, you know, functional male role models. So, uh, and generally speaking, I think most high school baseball coaches are are somewhat functional. Um, so it's, yeah. it's good that, that they that they have those leaders that they can look up to and try to emulate as they go on their teaching slash coaching careers. It's just cool to see, uh, you know, the next generation pour into the next generation. All right, uh, college baseball conference USA last night. UNC Wilmington defeats Charlotte six to two. Old Dominion defeats Louisiana Tech ten to eight. Uh, Dominion and Tech get back at it tonight at 6 p.m. in Ruston. Uh, Wilmington and Charlotte are in a three-game series. Tech and Old Dominion only in a two-game series, so that's the final game tonight. But Charlotte and Wilmington will play at 5 tonight in Charlotte, and then they'll play tomorrow at noon in Charlotte. And, uh, you know, just kind of talking through analytics today, kind of want Tech to win today. And uh, it's got, it's kind of a uh, danged if you do, danged if you don't, because uh, the, the Eagles need their RPI to go up, and they uh, they need the other teams to lose. And really, that can't happen one without the other. But in the SEC, just a, a series to watch. Of course, Ole Miss defeated Georgia last night. But the Bulldogs were to win two games, that would uh, probably help Southern Miss's regional chances. So this is a time. With the, with the Eagles being off this weekend, Kelly, Golden Eagle fans need to keep their eyes on a few different series throughout the country and just hope everything comes in place. You are uh, you're traveling right now to, to call this last game, but you're going to make another trip this weekend, also. Yeah, I'm heading up to, uh, north to Indianapolis for the big 500 mile race. The uh, 100 and what fifth running of the uh, Indy 500 will be a week from Sunday, and uh, I've been going to the Indy now for what 46 years. Uh, in a row, and it's amazing the number of, of Southern Miss people you run into. Um, a couple of years ago, which was the last time they staged it in May because of uh, our friend COVID, um, but Colin Hess, the great Colin Hess, former defensive back in the Carmody years of Southern Miss, he went with us, and we were uh, we were kind of hanging out in Gasoline Alley around all the, all the movie stars, which, you know, I, I like to do, the rappers and the EDM artists and the motion picture stars. And and I turned around. You fit and, in so well. Yeah, this 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 
bump into this guy, and I uh, turn around to apologize, and who is it but Kane Womack, who, who now <laughs> is the head football coach at South Alabama, but he was the defensive coordinator at Indiana. Um, so it's, it's just amazing the number of Southern Miss people that you run into up there. Um, they're only going to have about half capacity at Indianapolis, the largest single-day sporting event in the world. But, um, Charlotte, which is running the, the, the Coca-Cola 600 on Sunday night, has 100% capacity. And the Indy Motor Speedway wanted to let everybody know that it's not their decision. It was Marion County, Indiana, which is where the track sits. It's a county rule. Uh, not the Indy Motor Speedway rule. So, yeah, it should be fun. And today is what they call Fast Friday. Cars getting ready for qualifying tomorrow. And the fastest 33 cars then will we'll be in the field as of Sunday. And uh, you got Jimmy Johnson, you know, the former NASCAR stand star, now driving IndyCar, although he's going to drive the road courses and uh, leave the ovals alone. But it's a great sporting institution, the Indianapolis 500-mile race. I've covered World Series, Super Bowls, all of them. Nothing quite compares to the uh, Indy 500 and sports fans who have gone and seen them tend to agree with me. And you don't even have to be a racing fan, really, to enjoy it. It's really cool. Ten seconds left. What's the fastest the cars will get? Uh, on the straightaways, they'll be about 242. On the stra- That's getting it, buddy. You, don't even get, you can't even drive that fast in so-so, can you? You can't, and if you did, the uh, the Mississippi <laughs> Highway Patrol would uh, would stick, yes. stick a helicopter on you. Yeah, they would. For, they would frown uh, upon sure. that for sure. <clears throat> Kelly, be safe on the road. Be be safe yeah. traveling. Take it easy on the people you encounter and that encounter you. Promise you. Yeah, and, we'll, you'll and do we'll, that. we'll we'll report from up there to you guys next week, Luke. Um. Sounds good. Thanks to Patrick McGee of College Baseball Liker, Trey Sutton of West Jones for uh, spending time with us today. Thank you, the listener, for listening every day. Hey, we'll take a two-day break. We'll be back on it Monday. Conference USA Baseball Tournament Week when we see you again Monday at 1 o'clock. Until then, as always, Southern Miss. To the top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.